Highland Falls, El Paso, Clarksville, Watertown, and from other important military capitals around the globe. Eye on Defense brings the top military and defense issues into focus. Eye on Defense is proudly sponsored by Big Sarge Pre-Owned TA-50 Emporium and The Last Hope Jewelry and Pawn. And now, citizens of Earth, brace yourselves for the next episode of Eye on Defense. Defense, 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 defense. All right, we're back, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode 27. Um, and today is 28 June, about 10 p.m., and kind of a big, big uh, event happened today, uh, big news, and that uh, General Dynamics has won the Army's mobile protected firepower contract uh, worth $1.14 billion. It's in all the defense magazines online and things like that, so you know we've got to, you know, we've got to talk about it, so... I think the last time we did something like this, called a special report, if you will, is when the uh, next generation squad weapon was released. So here we here we are again, big news with the uh, mobile protected firepower. So if you remember a few episodes back, way back, we talked about this, uh, the mobile protected firepower, who it's going to, and we'll we'll catch you up on all that in just a second. But before we get really into it i was going to remind everybody that we are on twitter if you can possibly find the time come check us out on twitter at defense underscore podcast we try to tweet something every day in fact we're right in the middle of uh tweeting on uh, mobile artillery systems this week i think we've already tweeted one or two uh, i was going to tweet another one tonight and this is based on episode of 26 where we talked about it. That was the all-artillery episode, and we were going to follow up this week with some artillery uh, systems that we talked about. But we got some breaking news, so, uh, you know, we try to be agile as, as agile as we can here. Um, so we get something like this. We'll kind of put the brakes on the artillery maybe for today and talk about the mobile protected firepower. So to catch you up on the mobile protected firepower, um, you know, it's one of the cross-functional teams. The Army has cross uh, six cross-functional teams, actually eight, but they have six priorities. And one of the priorities is uh, next-generation combat vehicles. And the next-generation combat vehicles has a cross-functional team, and their job for the Army is to come up with the new requirements requirement for um, efforts of next-generation combat vehicles. And real quick, the next-generation combat vehicles – Efforts are the armored multi-purpose vehicle called the AMP-V, which is, you know, that thing's moving right along. I think they're messing around with it. Um, so that thing, that thing is not dead in the water. It's actually moving pretty good. I don't want to get into the AMP-V, though. The optionally manned fighting vehicle, uh, but there's been a lot of news on that. I don't want to get into that either. The robotic combat vehicle and... The purpose we're here for is a mobile protected firepower. Some people call it a light tank uh, because the purpose of this is to be assigned to the infantry brigade combat teams in the Army. Um, In case you forgot, there's basically three different brigade combat teams in the Army. There's the infantry brigade combat team, which is kind of a light fighter force, a striker brigade combat team, kind of a medium force, and then the armor brigade combat team is a heavy force. So... uh, the Air Assault Division at 101st Airborne at Fort Campbell is IBCT, 
Infantry Brigade Combat Team. 82nd Airborne is an IBCT. That new uh, division up in Alaska uh, is an IBC, it has two IBCTs. So uh, 25th Infantry Division out in Hawaii, Light, Light Infantry Division out there, there are IBCTs out there. So this, um, this mobile protective firepower is going to be designed for those units. And if you're keeping up, um, the Army has around 54 combat brigades. And out of 54 combat brigades, uh, 34 of them are, are light infantry brigades or infantry brigade combat teams. So the majority of them are, are these light-type uh, brigades. Now, that includes the National Guard uh, and the active duty. That's not just the active duty. That's the total Army. There are about 54 brigades, I believe, in um, – like I said, 34 of them are IBCTs. So anyway, that's just to kind of catch you up. So there are two articles. <clears throat> excuse me. One is Defense Daily, which is a great site, and it's from Matthew Beinart, who we we read his stuff all the time. Um, and his his article is called "General Dynamics Wins Army's Mobile Protected Firepower Contract Receives 1.14 Billion Production Deal." The art- other article we're going to reference is Breaking Defense General Dynamics Wins. billion mobile protective firepower contract by Andrew Eversden. And I apologize to Andrew Eversden because I've been calling him Andrew Evers' son. And it's not Evers' son, it's Eversden. So for, geez, how long have I been doing that? I finally wiped the dirt off my glasses and saw that's how he spelled his name. So I can't guarantee he won't mess his name up in the future, but maybe I think I got it right tonight anyway. And then, of course, I always like to f- look for actual source material. So I went to the Army's website, and there is an article from, I think it's, t- it's got to be today. Stand by. Yep, it's from today. It's from the Army Public Affairs, and the title of that article is Army Approves Milestone C Awards an LRIP Contract for Mobile Protected Firepower Program. And I guess I can explain what Milestone C is and awards LRIP later. I won't go crazy with it because it's kind of a acquisition geeky stuff, and uh, I don't want to bore the audience any more than I have to. So quick quick backstory. In December 2018, the Army selected uh, General Dynamics Land Systems and BAE Systems to deliver 12 test platforms for this uh, mobile protective firepower rapid pro- prototyping. Um, <clears throat> General Dynamics presented something that was kind of based on the latest M1 tank turret. Uh, and its chassis was, I think, something from an Ajax vehicle. And that was pretty smart because an M1 turret has been around forever, and soldiers kind of know how to use it. So that was good. And then BAE uh, model was uh, based on an M8 armored gun system with a 105 cannon. Anyway, for if you remember, we talked about this a few months ago. For some reason, uh, BAE uh, was removed from consideration. So that left General Dynamics all by their lonesome. And we talked about this, that it was basically General Dynamics' race to lose. And looks like they won. They competed against nobody at the end of the day, finally, and and they won, and they've been selected. So now they've got some stuff to do between now and first unit equipped. So I guess you could say the mobile fire mobile protective firepower is not a tank. Well, it's a tank, but nobody's going to call it a tank. Well, I guess everybody will 
make up their own mind. But uh, the Army's not calling it a tank right now. They're calling it mobile protective firepower. Um, according to the article, they're on the hook to buy 96 vehicles. And the total buy that the Army wants to do is uh, called an AAO, Army Acquisition Objective. They want to buy 504 of these things. And... But the first buy is going to be worth 96. Uh, the first buy will have to produce 96. And the first batch, I think, will be 26 out of that 96. Um, they think the first vehicles are going to be produced in first quarter of 24. And then once they get that first batch of vehicles, they're going to do testing on them, which is called IOT&E, which we've talked about before, Initial Operational Test and Evaluation, which, remember, we talked about this with the IVAS. Basically, you take the piece of equipment, you put it in an operational setting with soldiers under you know tactical and combat uh, scenarios, and then they kind of test it, run it through its paces. So that's called IOT&E. They're going to do that in fourth quarter of FY24. Um, when you hear the term milestone C, it's milestone C approved, which means it's a program of record. Once it's a program of record, um, you go into something called LRIP. I think we talked about this, low-rate initial production, which I think is 26 vehicles. It's probably LRIP. This is all me guessing. Uh, 26 vehicles uh, for LRIP, and then they're going to do uh, IOT and E. 26 might be too many, but they're going to produce some vehicles under LRIP. And then... Those vehicles go through IOT&E, and if they do well at IOT&E and they pass the test like, we t- you know, like we've discussed in the past, then they can go to full-rate production, and that's what all that kind of means. So they've got the contract now. Again, it's their, it's their kind of race to lose as long as they do, uh, do all their production on time, on schedule, and uh, do well at IOT&E, then it's smooth sailing for them, I guess. And then the article, excuse me, article, the breaking defense article talks about the first unit equipped. And the first unit equipped is generally, um, in this case, it'll be one battalion worth of vehicles. Um, and one battalion equals 42 vehicles. And they think, the Army thinks that uh, they can be, schedule this thing. So by fourth quarter of FY25, you'll have an initial requirement of one battalion of vehicles, which is 42 Uh the Army plans to field four battalions um, by 2030, and he, they expect the bulk of the procurement fielded by 20, 2035. That really doesn't tell us anything, but four battalions by 2030. So all you have to do is do the math. is four times 42, and that will tell you how many vehicles they expect to have by 2030. And four times 42 we know is 168, I do believe. So... 168 by 2030. So getting into the FY23 budget, which we talked about in depth a couple episodes ago, uh, FY23 budget asks uh, $356 million for procurement money, which was, you know, that pot of money that pays for stuff. Not RDT&E, not operations support, but uh, procurement. $356 million for procurement to fund 28 tanks. Um. And let's see. I did the math on that. 356 divided by 28. And that answer is $12 million. So each tank is roughly $12 million. 
And then they're going to name this thing at uh, AUSA in October, which is our Association of the United States Army. It's a big uh, defense convention that the Army puts on every October in Washington, D.C. And that's when they do. The Army does a lot of stuff during AUSA week. So they're going to name this sucker in AUSA in October. Now, a couple of key people were quoted in these articles. One is our old friend Doug Bush, and we know who he is, the Honorable Doug Bush, excuse me. The Honorable Doug Bush is the Assistant Secretary of the Army for Acquisition, Logistics, and Technology, very powerful position. And Mr. Bush said the MPF program did exactly what the Army asked, which was to compete competitive and accelerated rapid prototyping effort with multiple soldier touch points and test events. Doug Bush, the Army's acquisition executive, told reporters during a briefing on the contract award. The MPF shows the Army is committed to doing acquisition rapidly and using all approaches and new authorities we have in a modernization in a new way. And I can't agree with him more. I think the Army has done a very good job on this. Um, I think the uh, next generation combat vehicle cross-functional team has done a good job on it. I'm not sure. I mean, if you listen to the podcast, full disclosure here, I was a little confused on why we were doing the we the army is doing the mobile protective firepower in the first place. I think I might understand it for some of the uh, light divisions, but the airborne divisions, I don't understand it. Um, you know, obviously the 82nd Airborne will probably be one of the first units to get it. Um, 173rd Airborne out in. Uh, Italy will probably get it. Obviously, 101st uh, Airborne Division at Campbell will get it. 10th Mountain Division at uh, Fort Drum will get it. Uh, will they send it way out to Hawaii? I don't know if the 25th is going to get it, and I don't know if they'll use it in Alaska. But all that aside, um, I think the Army's done a good job of, of doing what, what they did on it. Now, credit should go to the uh, next-generation uh, combat vehicle cross-functional team. The guy that was running that, his name is Ross Kaufman. He was a a one-star, then a two-star, and basically it was his to pass or fail. And, and just a reminder, you know, they've got those programs, uh, robotic combat vehicle, the mobile protective firepower, the AMP-V. So he's managing four heavy-duty priorities for the Army. And he's delivered on this one. In fact... There was an article just a couple of days ago from Jen Judson, who we like. Defense News says that General Kaufman uh, is going to be the, uh, he's going to get his three-star, third star, and he's going to take over his deputy as AFC, Army Futures Command, which you know Army Futures Command used to be a four-star command. Uh, the four-star retired. They've got the deputy, a guy named General Richardson, has taken over in the interim spot. Uh, so they've bro- they've promoted uh, General Kaufman from two-star to three-star. He's going to move in and be the deputy. Rumor is that they are not going to replace the four-star position at AFC. They're going to leave it a three-star. Um, there's a bunch of reasons why people think that. I think she might have alluded to it in the article. Um Maybe she did, maybe she didn't. I can't remember. But anyway, um, there might be some... Uh, 
I guess you could call it a turf war between Army Futures Command and the Assistant Secretary of the Army for Acquisition Logistics Technology. One is in charge of acquisition. One is in charge of requirements. Uh, obviously, AFC is in charge of requirements and testing and uh, experimentation. And the uh, Assistant Secretary of the Army, Honorable Doug Bush's outfit they're responsible for acquisition so there might have been a little turf war on who had more power the requirements people or the uh, acquisition people i don't know i think i don't know i don't want to get into all that you could do a whole show on that itself but uh, we won't go down that road well we'll go down the road just a little bit because jen justin does a good job of capturing what i was just trying to tell you in a paragraph so i'll read the paragraph last month army secretary issued a Secretary of the Army Christine Warmoth issued a directive on modernization that puts boundaries around AFC and reasserted the role of the services acquisition shop, which we know as Assistant Secretary of the Army, for acquisition logistics technology. Critics have argued that Army Futures Command has had too much control over modernization, including considerable power over the acquisition enterprise, which is in one paragraph she said what I just tried to describe to you. So, you know, when they replace the Army Futures Command commander from a four-star, if they go with a three-star, that gives you an idea that this paragraph is correct. If they give it a four-star, which I don't think they will, then, you know. Anyway, this is, that's really some in-the-weed stuff that maybe no one's interested in but me. But anyway, I'll move on from there. Okay, we're almost done. I wanted to talk about how I think the Army is going to use these things. Now, we were told in the article that a battalion is 42 vehicles. Uh, now, that's I think what they're going to do is they're going to take these uh, MPFs and they're going to put them in one battalion. This is, now, this is all my speculation, okay? So I'll say that up front. So 42 vehicles in a battalion. The battalion, this is what I think, is going to be assigned to a division. So think we'll use the uh, 82nd Airborne Division, for example. The 82nd Airborne Division is a parachute division at Fort Bragg. There are three brigades, 1st Brigade, 2nd Brigade, 3rd Brigade. In each brigade, there are three battalions, infantry battalions. Um, so what I think they're going to do is they're going to take this MPF, turn it into a battalion, and assign it to that division. Uh, where they're going to put it, I don't know. I have no idea where they'd put this thing. It might just be a division asset that the division commander farms out. So you'll have three infantry brigades and one called MPF battalion. So what I think will happen then is I think there will be three companies in this MPF battalion. We'll call them ABC. And I think each of those MPF battalions will probably have, uh, doing the math, um, if there are three companies in a battalion, three into 42 will go 14 times. So each company will have 14 of these MPFs. Alpha Company will call. Alpha Company will have 14. Bravo Company will have 14. Charlie Company will have 14. So then you break the company down into three platoons. So there will be three platoons with four tanks each. First platoon will have four. Second platoon will have four. Third platoon will have four. And I'm guessing that the commander of the company and the XO will have a tank each. So there's your 14. So each, comp each company in that MPF battalion will support a brigade. And then each platoon in that company will support a battalion. 
So say in 1st Brigade, Alpha Company supports 1st Brigade, 1st Platoon first supports 1st Battalion, 2nd Platoon supports 2nd Battalion, 3rd Platoon supports 3rd Battalion. So basically down at Infantry Battalion level, I think you will probably have four tanks per Infantry Battalion. Now, of course, the division commander can do what he wants. He can, he can consolidate those tanks into 42 or the brigade commander can do what he wants. He can consolidate those those tanks into to 14. And the battalion commander can do what he wants. He can consolidate those tanks into four. However they want to do it. They can chop it up however they want. But I think that's how they're going to be employed. Now, if you remember from the article, they said they want um, four battalions of these things by 2030. So four battalions of these things will support four divisions based on my math. Um, because based on the math, I, hopefully I'm not getting too, too much in the weeds in this. But anyway, if they have four of these MPF battalions, that'll support four divisions. And my guess, the four divisions would be 82nd Airborne, the 11th, Air, not the 11th, the 82nd Airborne, the 25th, the 101st, and... I don't think the 11th would get them up there, but maybe they would. They'd have enough for them if they, if they liked. And we know that uh, they're, they said they wanted four battalions by 2030, and four times 42 is, I believe, 168. And I'm, I know I'm going down these rabbit holes, and I'll go down one more rabbit hole. Um, and that is 26 vehicles. For some reason, I wrote that down. And why did I write that down? I don't know why I wrote that down. That must be just a just scratch scratch numbers that didn't mean anything. So don't worry about that. And last thing I'll tell you, and you're probably like, geez, just end this already. I know, I'm almost done. Last thing I'll tell you is that this program has a 30-year lifespan, and the Army estimates it's going to cost $17 billion to uh, sustain this thing over, over 30 years. And I think people already know that, you know, whenever you – uh, test, you know, RDT&E a vehicle, then you procure a vehicle, then you have to uh, support the vehicle. Supporting the vehicle is going to basically be most of your cost for the life cycle. And the, the the example I always use is the B-52. Good grief, that thing came around in the 50s or 60s, and it's still flying. So, you know, God knows what it costs when they tested it and prototyped it and, and then and then procured it. And then look how many years they've been supporting it and improving it. So at some point when they divest it, that'll cost some money too. But anyway, so that that's the bulk of your life of your money right there is that life cycle cost. And I did the math and I think they think it's gonna take six billion dollars to pay for all these. Um, so procurement will be six billion. And then life cycle will be $17 billion. So for roughly a $23 billion program, estimated. And just so you know, I did the math again. Uh, we Each of these MPFs, I think, is $12 million. Just This is just basic math with a calculator, you know, nothing heavy duty. And we know that they want, the Army wants to buy 504 ultimately. So I did 504 times 12, and it was $6 billion. And that was one of the articles. That was one of the numbers quoted in the... Uh, article that the procurement would be six billion. So that seemed to lined up, you know, with with my great math. Um anyway. Twenty three minutes and forty one seconds. I did not plan 
on talking that long. This is going to be like a breaking news, you know, all of Walter Cronkite style, if anybody remembers who he is. Uh, I just wanted to kind of get ahead of it. I've seen all the defense magazines were, were making announcements on it and stuff like that. So I figured, you know what, why not? So uh, this, is, this, is, this is my version of an announcement. And I hope I haven't gone too much in the weeds, but I hope I gave you enough information that, that you didn't know. So anyway, make sure that's it. Um, that should be it. So all right. Again, uh, this is the MPF episode. So anyway, check it out. Or you're already listening, so you're probably already checking it out. Well, how about this? Check us out on Twitter. And our Twitter handle is at defense underscore podcast. Tell your friends, come on by, uh, hang out, listen to the podcast, read what we got to say. Uh, tomorrow, I guess, we'll begin our artillery week or artillery coverage to talking about what we did on the last episode. So check us out on that. Again, it's summertime. Get out there, get some exercise, smell the fresh air, get some sunshine, get some exercise, take the podcast with you. Um, Make sure you're drinking plenty of water, though, because it's super hot. And I think that's about it. I think I covered everything I wanted to cover. So anyway, thank you for your support, as always. Um, please, Please keep coming back. Please tell your friends. And I think that's it. Episode 27. I think this is episode 27. Episode 27 in the books. So thank you very much. And good night.